You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And welcome back into the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. Ryan A.K. George Bremer here with you. We appreciate Dane Brugler joining us for a few minutes. And George, look, we talk about downloading, subscribing to the Blue Horseshoe Pod all the time, right? I mean, have you just heard the last 20 minutes of Dane? That is the reason right then and there to be downloading and subscribing because we will have guys like Dane on all throughout the draft process. But that was incredible information. Don't want you to miss that. So, again, make sure you download and subscribe because great information like that does not come around often. And it was just eye-opening. And here's the biggest takeaway, George, I'll say. We are not crazy. We are not crazy when it comes to talking about Bryce Young, when it co- talking about some of this comps for C.J. Stroud. Not, we don't like Dane just because he agrees with us. We like Dane because he knows what the hell he's talking about. And a lot of what he was saying was similar to last week to what we've been talking about, George. Yep. No, I think he ranked the quarterbacks pretty much the same way we did. Uh, and and the strengths and weaknesses are, are the things that we've been talking about uh, throughout these last couple of weeks. And I think that was really fun to see. Um, what I'm really interested in now is is value in this draft. You know, we, we got into that a little bit with him. Um, what is the difference? You know, like we talked about in the opening of the show today, what is the difference if, if you end up with Bryce Young or you end up with Will Levis or you end up with CJ Stroud and what are you willing to give up to make sure you get that player? I, I think that's, to me, that's going to be something that's going on in all 32 of these drafters. You know, Dane mentioned there's going to be teams with Will Levis as number one who don't even have Bryce Young on their board because of the size. Um, and there's going to be, I'm sure there's teams with CJ Stroud as their number one quarterback. There's teams with, there's got to be one team out there that Anthony Richardson's the number one quarterback on their board. So, you know, I, I just think that's going to be really fascinating as this process plays out. As we start to get into the senior bowl, uh, which are any of these guys at the senior bowl this year? I don't believe so. Cause I don't think any are seniors. Yeah. Well, Will Levin, Will Levis is because Will Levis been there for like five years, hundred years, but I think, I don't think he is. I know Richardson is, is too young. Bryce Young is too young and CJ Stroud is too young. I think yeah. I don't think Will uh, Levis. I got. To, I'll check the, check that right now. I don't believe so um, that that's the case. But you brought up also George an interesting discussion or thought process. You know, a thought experiment. If you are Chris Ballard, because you see the latest Dame Brugler mock draft, he not only has a Colts trip to number one taking Bryce Young, he has the Texans sitting there number two taking Will Levis, even though he has in his own ranking CJ Stroud second there. You would have thought if you were Chris Ballard here, what is it, George? Yeah, I wonder if you're Chris Ballard and you know for a fact that the Texans are going to take Will Levis. It, there's been a lot of smoke around that. Dane's not the only one projecting that. There's been a lot of smoke that the Texans, even if they had gotten the number one overall pick, Levis is their guy. Now, you know, if, if you're Ballard and your intel tells you that that is the case and you know it for 100% fact, do you stay at four? Because it, at that point, you're guaranteed, unless somebody slides in at three and gets, you know, takes, takes it away, you'd be guaranteed one of – Young or Shroud. And, and the one benefit to me in that is what we were another one of the takeaways from this talk with Dane. All these quarterbacks need help. Most quarterbacks do. You know, they're all going to need the right coaching, the right line, the right receivers. You need to put more around this QB. 
So is it better to get one of Young or Shroud at four and still have your second round pick this year and still have your first round pick next year to add around them? Or is it more important to secure that, that you're going to get one of those two and make that choice yourself and get up to number one? I think it's a legitimate argument. If I'm Chris Ballard, I would not risk it. Like if Bryce Young is, let's just say Chris Ballard agrees with us, right? And I guess it also depends on his rankings, but maybe even if he's a CJ Stroud guy, either one. And if you are, you are, you have the most conviction in the world that no matter who is taken first, the Texans are going to sit there and take Will Levis at number two. Two reasons why I would not uh, risk sitting there at number four and not kind of, you know, make a move for number one. Number number one, look, He's, I don't see, he's, he's on the hot seat, right? Like his job is in question. He's back this year. A lot of people did not agree with him coming back. I did, but either way, there's a lot of pressure on him to get this quarterback decision right. So number one, I wouldn't want my destiny to fall in someone else's hands where, I don't know, the Panthers, the Raiders, whoever you want, trade up to number one and then take, again, either CJ Shroud or Bryce Young, and then you are left at number four kind of taking the scrabs. I would want to control my own destiny and say, if I have a strong conviction on, on Bryce Young and CJ Shroud, even if it's close, but I favor Bryce Young, I would want to trade up and make sure I get my guy. So if I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail, you know, my way. Number two, I don't know what the Cardinals are going to do at number three. Let's say, I don't know, let's say for argument's sake, CJ Stroud goes number one. Input whatever, you know, Panthers trade up to number one. They get CJ Stroud. Texans get Will Levis there at number two. Well, if you're a team like the Raiders, if you're a team like, I mean, I don't know. You can name the team you want that's, you know, Panthers. There are a lot of quarterback thirsty teams. I think I just mentioned the Panthers or the Seahawks. Like, there's a lot of teams that need a quarterback. You're sitting there at the Cardinals number three. Maybe they don't mind going down to 13 or 10 if they get the right offer. Maybe they trade down because that's another team kind of in flux. They're not going to get a quarterback. They kind of need help everywhere else. What if they trip to number uh, trip to number three and all of a sudden now Bryce Young's off the board and you go Bryce, you know, CJ Shroud, Will Levis, Bryce Young, one, two, three. We don't think the Cardinals are going to trade out, but what if they do? Then you're really screwed because now it's Anthony Richardson or Boston. Now Chris Ballard might be doing the one thing we thought would be inconceivable and trading down because if you're not Anthony Richardson's guy, you're not going to take him just to take him. You're going to trade down, get some picks, unless you want to go, you know, Will Anderson Jr. or, or Jalen Carter. And now all of a sudden you're going to be sitting there saying, shoot, I, you know, we didn't get, sure, we didn't get maybe the number one guy. We also didn't get the number two guy. And now we're sitting here with number four. Like, I think it's a possibility where if I'm, Chris Ballard, I get what you're saying. And again, it's a definitely a discussion. If you can keep your second round pick, which is basically a first round pick at their number 35, you can keep your 2024 first round pick. It's obviously enticing, but I would just be afraid to then kind of have, you know, if you get too greedy and it backfires, you are like, you're not just screwed. You are really, really screwed. And then you can basically write your ticket out of town because I don't see how you're going to be coming back in 2024. Now, ultimately, I agree with you. I think it's an interesting thought experiment because I, I just think there's going to be people who want to take that that approach, you know, who want to say, hey, just stay at four, uh, get the guy who's left and, and move on. But I agree with you. I, I think what if Washington commanders decide, hey, you know what? We're, we're tired of our quarterback court carousel. We're going up to three. We're going to steal this guy and, and, and you're out in the cold. Um, I do have I, the one guy I know they like in this this draft is Anthony Richardson. I've heard that since October. Um, but I, that was back when they had a mid round pick or, or the thought was still that they were going to be in the, in the middle of the first round. So I don't know how that translates now that they're picking fourth overall, because I think you're thinking about who you want as a quarterback. If you're 15, 16, 17, 18 is obviously different if you're four with the ability to go to one. Um, so I do think they, they would be open to the idea of trading back for Anthony Richardson, but I don't think that's a good outcome here. You know, I don't think that's what when you have the number four in the pick in the draft and, and you walk away from it 
if you're saying, well, we traded back and got Anthony Richardson, I, I don't think that's what you want to see. I would go up to number one, and this is why. I think if there's been one consistent failure during the Chris Ballard era, it's been his hesitancy to make that big splash move, not just at quarterback, but all over the all over the, the roster. You know, a couple free agent left tackles out there the last couple of years. You know, is it a different season this year in, in Indy if you go and get, say, Terrell Armstead and you solidify that left tackle spot in that line from the get-go? I just feel like half measures have got to be out right now, especially in this instance. And so I, I agree with you 100%. Go up to number one and get your guy, whoever that guy is. If it's Will Levis, I won't agree with it, but go get your guy at number one. Uh, I That's what I would do. But I think it's an interesting thought experiment, you know, to say, hey, if you knew Houston was taking Will Levis, do you stay at four? That's right. It could be whatever quarter you want, but if you're going to fail, at least fail your way. I think it's, you know, it's applicable, not to get too deep, I think it's applicable in life, right? If you're if you're going to mm-hmm. do your own thing here, at least if you're going to fail or just take a big swing, at least do it on your terms and get the guy you want. So if you are smitten with CJ Stroud and he turns out to be a bust or doesn't work out as well as you hope, well, if you're going to get fired, at least you got, you know, I went down swinging instead of what if, and again, maybe, you know, the guy you think he's going to fall, except the commander trade up, and all of a sudden now they get a home run with Bryce Young and CJ Shaw. That's the guy, and you're sitting there saying, oh, we were the team that was going to draft Patrick Mahomes, but he went 10, and we weren't aggressive enough, and now look at them, look at us. So it's like I, I'm with I think definitely be aggressive here, Chris Ballard, and I don't think at this point a, a trade up can be honestly too pricey just because, again, if you were able to get the guy and you have that conviction of this is my guy, I want him over any other quarterback, and, and I think he could be the answer for the next 10 years. I don't think we'll be sitting there looking at, you know, oh, he paid too much. Right, look at the Chiefs and the Bills. I couldn't tell you right now, George, what the, what they gave up. But I'll tell you, even if they gave up five first-round picks in a row, I would say that that's, that's still a fair deal. And that's still, you know, well worth the price of a Patrick Holmes or a Josh Allen, where you see where these two organizations have just transformed to more than ever. A thing I liked about – oh, sorry, George, I want to cut you off here. No, I was going to say, even the Texans. I mean, everything that happened with Deshaun Watson, you got, right. what, three, four good years out of him, and then you got this historic haul from the Browns, and they traded up to 11, I think, or 12 to get him. So um, I think the only wrong move here is, is not staying with your conviction. Find your guy and get him. That should be the only goal. I totally agree. Totally agree. By the way, answer your question, I do not see uh, Will Levis on the senior ball roster which if you're not a Will Levis fan is big because I know Chris Ballard's a big senior bowl guy. So if you can't spend the extra time with him, maybe there's a little less, you know, time for him to get, you know, too attached uh, if you want to say that. But this is what I have seen so far. No Will Levis on the senior bowl roster to answer that question. To Bryce Young, we have been both high in him. We had him as our number one quarterback in the draft. We've been saying the Colts draft him, draft him, draft him. Dane Brugler agrees. And the thing I like the most, two things that Dane said I think are spot on and what gives me even more empowerment, more excitement, how it's cool to draft him is, number one, again, outside of size, like we were talking about George on, on Tuesday's pod. And again, if you missed it, make sure you download, subscribe. That way you can check it out. We gave our quarterback rankings. We were saying, what else is anyone else saying about Bryce Young that's a negative outside of size? I couldn't see one. You couldn't find one. And even Dane saying, it's really size. And it's really just, you know, the height and the weight of him not being ideal. And he is an outlier, yes. But I think the way Dane talks about his play style, and you've seen it in Alabama, I think it does work to where a smaller frame guy will be okay. He's a point guard. He's a guy that is going to get the ball out. It doesn't matter. He's, you know, he's not locked in to one guy. He's not locked into a certain route. He just goes, whoever's open's open. And I think that does, for the most part, help keep your body um, 
in good shape because if you just saying, all right, this is where I know this is where the ball is going to go. You have good vision, which he has. He has good anticipation, which he has. He gets the ball out quick, which he does. Again, you're going to stay upright because even though Dane's saying sometimes there's a tendency to, you know, wait an extra second, make that, you know, that route open. He, again, he's taking good care of himself at Alabama. And you got to think if the Colts offensive line is going to rebound from last year, that he should rel- have relative time to get the ball out. And I think it also helps too when you kind of talk about the point guard role and how he plays it, George. Again, there's no number one lockdown receiver on the Colts right now. Michael Pippen Jr. is a solid receiver. I was hoping for a bigger jump this year. And I think part of his, I'll say regression, but regression this year is just in the fact that the quarterbacks were so bad that it was out of his control. But Alec Pierce is developing. You know, we'll see about Paris Campbell if the Colts can resign. That's a nice little uh, weapon as well. But there's no like all star crew. So it's like, again, you're not relying on better talent around you to bail you out. He's a guy that just says, if you're open, I'm throwing you the ball. It doesn't matter who you are. I think that works out for right now with the Colts have on this offense. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I think one of the things that Dane mentioned that I think is going to be critical for for Bryce moving forward is his ability to to not take that big hit. I think Russell Wilson was the master of that early in his career, you know, getting out of bounds, sliding, even just turning your body to make sure you don't take that hit. I think maybe the the guy who was best at that in NFL history was Wes Welker. You never saw him take that like full on blow. You know, he's a receiver. It's a different situation. But I think that's that's the number one thing for Bryce. Can you make sure that you never take that full on, you know, full force blow or limit it? Never is is not going to happen. But, um, you know, limit it. Make sure that you're not taking these things full force. As far as his playing style and what he adds to a team, I, I go to the NBA. You know, Dane kept bringing up basketball. I look at his impact on a team similar to Chris Paul. It felt like everywhere Chris Paul goes, that team gets better immediately because of his distribution. He gets guys involved. He makes guys around him better. And I think that's that's what Bryce Young would bring to this Colts team. All of a sudden, a guy like Ashton Doolin has a lot more utility here yeah. because he's going to get more passes. You know, it, he's not going to suddenly become the volume guy, but he's going to get more passes with Bryce Young out there. The tight ends are going to get used more often. You know, Jelani Woods... Uh, probably would 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 have a party uh if if they draft Bryce Young because I think his potential is going to be unlocked. It, the running backs out of the backfield, it, it doesn't matter. I think all of a sudden every eligible receiver is in play. I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is the deal. Each week you're here is in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're 100% right. And again, I'm glad Dane brought this up. It's like, I think a fair question for CJ Stroud is, how is he going to play when the talent around him is lesser? And there's no doubt about it. If the Colts are the, you know, uh, do draft him. The town around him this year is going to be worse than what it was at Ohio State in any of his two years there. When you look at Alabama, I get it's Alabama, right? So they still have all these great athletes. But you look at truly who he was throwing the ball to. His best receiver, I'd argue, was Jameer Gibbs, who was a running back. Whether it was the drops, a lot of Alabama receivers this year had the case of the drops and just could not hold down the ball in a consistent fashion. There's no one that's going to get, I would even say, maybe drafted, let alone drafted in the first three rounds. Like we've seen Alabama pump out the last few years, whether it's Jameson Williams, which I know was there last year, but I think you saw Bryce Young still have a very productive season, despite the fact there's no Jameson Williams. There was no, you know, in CJ Shroud's case, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, 
uh, you know, we can go down a list of the receivers he, you know, either CJ Shroud played with or even guys like Tua Tungvaloa played with. And you had Jerry Judy there. You had Garrett Wilson. You had Henry Ruggs. But, like, they had a lot of first-round talent at, at Alabama go at receiver. You're not having that this year whatsoever. So he has shown you, like I said, with his play style, it really is almost not talent-dependent where, again, he has shown he can put up numbers no matter who's around him. And, again, I think it's a good thing if you're the Colts to look at where Dane's probably right where, yes, he's not going to uplift – um, an entire team like Andrew Luck did a decade ago, right? And it's also very unfair to put that expectation on any rookie quarterback because it's so hard to do that in general. But you look at even like a comp, I'm not saying he's Patrick Holmes. I'm not whatsoever. But you look at the Chiefs this year. I know they have Travis Kelsey. It's a little bit different. But you look at the receivers Patrick Holmes is throwing to. Look at the receivers he's throwing to. But he still is having a lot of success this year, even without Tyreek Hill. Why? Because it's the same kind of philosophy. The Andy Reid, you know, offense is basically just get the ball out. We're going to get what it doesn't like the offense is so well run. That it doesn't really doesn't matter who and what kind of talent you have. It's this is the this is the play design. That's going this guy's going to be open. And Patrick Holmes, again, is having a great year. I think he's going to win the MVP, even though he's missing one of the top three receivers in the NFL because he just gets the ball out and spreads it all around. And it's so hard to defend that when at any point, three, four, five different guys are the prime target. Like I said, tight end receiver running back. It makes it just so hard to defend. And Bryce Young has shown you the ability to do the same thing, even with lesser talent, this Colts offense could go from zero like it was this year to 100 next year just because, again, even though it's not a massive talent increase, you just have the ability where everyone's a threat. You have to spread the defense out. You can't just lock on one or two guys, take them away, and all of a sudden the offense sputters like it did for 95% of this year, which is I, another reason, George. Add to the list. Draft Bryce Young. Let's go. Yeah, no, and, and, and that's where I think – you know, if you want to have any kind of hope or or faith in, in C.J. Stroud, that's where it comes in with him, too. Not so much spreading the ball, but what we had when we talked to, if you missed the midweek pod, and, and you if you did, go back uh, everywhere where you listen to this pod and, and go grab it again. Uh, when we had Nathan Baird on from Cleveland.com, he said it's vision with C.J. Stroud as well. His, his ability to get the ball out quickly, to read the defense. That's what this team needs. Ultimately, yes. I think you've yes. got to come away with one of these two quarterbacks because both of them have that vision, that ability to spread the ball around. Uh, and I think they need that more than anything else on this offense. So, um, but I, to tie things in, because I don't want to go a whole pod without mentioning the head coach position, right? I mean, that would just be, I, I don't want people to start thinking a we're failure. sick. Um, this is one of the reasons why I lean towards Raheem Morris, because I think you could bring in that Ram style of offense, and I think it's perfect for both of these guys. If I'm looking for a system that I want to put them in, it's that Ram style of offense where the open guy is the most important guy, and you're going to spread the ball around. You're not going to necessarily focus on one guy because Colts don't have that. I mean, like you you mentioned, you know. Now, granted, the Rams system when you get Cooper Cup, it, it, it evolves and you will feature somebody. Uh, but when you look at the way things are set up right now, Michael Pittman Jr. has a very good receiver and he's still got room to grow, but he's not Larry Fitzgerald. He's not Tyree Kill, you know, and so you're going to want to spread that ball around. I just feel like if you could bring in that Rams system uh, with either CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, I think that's how you maximize these guys. I'm with you. And like, this is not to disparage Cooper Cup, but it's also like, is Cooper Cup's success in large part because of his just freak, you know, freak athletic ability, or it's because he's kind of the perfect piece for what the offense is running? I'd argue he's more the perfect piece for the offense is running than just one of those naturally unguardable physical freaks that we've seen. So again, I think it just almost lends itself to, again, a bigger positive where, like I said, now if you just get the right fit, you don't need the best talent in the world in order to run an offense. Like I said, just get guys open. 
you can get guys open no matter they're, they're you know, without having a generational or, or a top three, top five wide receiver in your offense. If you had the right scheme in it, like I said, if you had the right quarterback, which especially for, for me with Bryce Young, I think is definitely kind of the, the perfect style the Colts should definitely strive for moving forward here. To wrap up, George, let's talk about the other two quarterbacks that we did head on with Dane, Anthony Richardson of Florida, Will Levis of Kentucky. Again, I think definitely both projects. And we kind of talked about this a little bit before, but it's like, it's such a, when you're sitting there at number one or at number four, I get ceiling is something that you want to, you know, you want to kind of climb onto and grab onto. But also there was a major, major risk with both Levis and Richardson of, you heard Dane, needing development. And I would guess, guess right now early on if they were to draft either one of those guys you probably want them to not start the season obviously like dane mentions good point if they win in training camp then fine you gotta put them on the field i just don't see with what we saw with will levis him coming out of training camp and beating whatever incumbent veteran is there i don't see anything richardson kind of putting things together in training camp and now being the day one starter so you're gonna need a lot of development and a lot of time and while yes you could look at josh allen and it working out well it's like wow look at like of course you want josh allen well, again, let's not like you know. Let's also not forget the the Bills kind of did everything perfectly and also got lucky that Josh Allen was a quarterback they thought he was in terms of putting everything together at the highest level possible. Do you know how hard it is, George, to put everything together at the highest level possible? There's a reason why it rarely happens. It's so hard to do, and that's the biggest risk. And that's again why, like, I look at those two guys as three and four on our rankings, just because. Sure, you can look at the traits and say, "Wow, if they put it all together, this could be a home run," and it's possible. But the big thing is. If they put it together, and I think it's more unlikely than likely that they do, and that's why if you're sitting there, pick one or four. I I just would not be a fan if those are either quarterback that's drafted. No, I think it's important to look at the situation that that Josh Allen came into. Buffalo was a playoff team already when he got there. You know, Tyrod Taylor had taken him to the postseason. They had a lot of pieces in place. They've added more around him since he got there. They've done the right thing, but they had a lot going for them right there. That defense was already heading towards what it is. You know, right now. The offense didn't have Stefan Diggs, but they were a much better offense than the Colts have right now. Uh, I think that's a really important element in this. That's why when I look at Dane's mock draft, I think Detroit's a perfect landing spot for Anthony Richardson. Yes. That's the exact situation he needs. It's a good team. Jared Goff's going to be the quarterback for the next year or two there, no matter what. And Richardson can grow and, and get time. I think here he would get rushed in the lineup because we can talk about whatever veteran you want to put in there. You keep Matt Ryan on board, you know, just for argument's sake right now. Uh, and he could start the season. But as that season starts to unravel, it starts to go the way this year did, and you're three and five, or you're four and six, or you're something like that, the calls for Anthony Richardson are going to be, you know, through the roof. And and, and I think you're going to rush him. And I think that's where a lot of these quarterback mistakes are made. It's not always the quarterback that fails. Sometimes it's it's a system around him. You know, the coaches, the front office, uh, that that fail the quarterback you know that's what happened in jacksonville last year dane brought that up oh you yeah know, it wasn't trevor lawrence it was it was urban meyer you know and 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 now i think that that's you got to be very careful with that you know i think stroud and young uh have that ability to to kind of get through these these tougher times a little bit more they they, they know it going in you know what i mean they'll understand that they're going to be the starter and that things might not go well in, in year one whereas levis and richardson I, I don't know. I think you probably, like you said, you need more time, and I think you need more around. If you're going to draft one of those two guys, I, I think they're better off in places like Washington or da Detroit, you know, places where there's some pieces already in place. I mean, you can make an argument if a young quarterback walks into Washington, has Terry McLaurin, that's a pretty good deal. You know, yeah. he'd probably be pretty happy about that. Uh, and what, what, aside from Jonathan Taylor and this defense, 
when it's on its game, what is is good for a quarterback right now in Indy? So not much. And one thing that does not help them whatsoever is also the lack of patience. Like I said, that that's the one thing credit Buffalo is I know Josh Allen got to the playoffs in year number two, but even look around the league. I, I know it was only five years ago, so it's really in one sense not that far away, but also with how fast things move, it, it kind of is that far away where patience is almost gone now. Like look at Zach Wilson in, in New York. I don't think Zach Wilson's very good. I thought kind of the BYU 2020 globe was more just a, a product of playing awful competition and he was more of a fluke. But he's I mean, his career in New York is done for two years. Sam Donald had three years out. Now, Sam Donald doesn't really didn't really work out too well for sure, but you see now that like Zach, you rarely Josh Rosen in uh Arizona one and done. You, you know, you're seeing more and more now teams pull the trigger faster on moving off of quarterbacks. And if the Bills did that, I mean, I know they got to the playoffs in year number two, but it's not like Josh Allen played well that season. And in the playoff game, you know, lost, uh, you know, was a big part of the reason why the Bills lost that game. So you see, like, credit to Buffalo where they stuck with it, they hung with them and were patient. I mean, can we sit here and honestly trust, George, that Jim Mercy, uh, this time two years from now, let's say after the 2024 season is over, if Anthony Richardson is up and down or at a similar two years as Josh Allen, can I seriously trust that Jim Mercy is going to say, yeah, we're going to stick with Anthony Richardson. We're going to double down and get him a receiver that he needs. Like, I don't think so. This is a guy, like I said, you see when he kind of gets impatient this year, what happens? Chaos happens. Usually it's not good. I can't sit there and actually trust that if you go with Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, Jim Mercy will have the patience in two or three years to still kind of ride through the up and downs that they're definitely going to be there in order for his Dane put kind of grow out of their flaws and kind of, if they are going to blossom, blossom into this quarterback, it's going to take time. I don't think the Colts had the benefit of time with just the way their owners. And even with, with Chris Bowd, where it's kind of like, you got to win now because your, your job's on the line. I'll, I'll go one better on you on there. I don't know. Make Ooh. it through next year. I mean, wow. if, if you look at, wow. if the season went really poorly and they're in the top five again, and you've got a shot at Caleb Williams or Drake may, I, I could see them moving on right there. Uh, and, and I think that's something that it's not good for young quarterbacks. It, it, you know, no. it, it's not good for your franchise. I mean, say what you will about the actual move, getting Kyler Murray instead of Josh Rosen was obviously a good idea, but look where Arizona is, you know, when all is said and done, they've had one playoff appearance. They lost in the first round. It's not, they're hiring a new head coach and a new general manager. It, it's not something that's been a boon for the franchise. Right, right. That's, that's a good point. Also, too, I think another point fair to mention, if, like I said, if, if they go Levis or Richardson, more unpolished, more time, and things go badly again, you're sitting there in the top five. Not only, you're right, could they move off of that quarterback in one year? But if they decide to keep them, you're going to probably have a new GM. And also now you're bringing a new GM that is not going to have a tie to the quarterback, which again, that just makes him more and more likely to move off and get his guy in the building. So that's why I just don't, don't think that a project kind of quarterback like Richardson or Levis uh, especially, again, if you're picking a number four or at number one, is worth it. I think, again, Bryce Young is clearly number one, but even if you go CJ Stroud, at least he's, I think, I like your question to, to Dane, higher floor, I think that's fair. But the big question for, you know, for CJ is can he play well when the talent around him is not that great? But like, he's definitely a more polished quarterback, and same with Bryce Young than the other two quarterbacks, which is why, again, if you're Chris Ballard, it should really between really be between Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. At pick yep. number one, pick number four, wherever you're picking, it has to be between those two guys. Because, again, you just don't right now, with the way the Colts are, you don't have the, the luxury of patience. Nope. I agree 100%. I think you've got to – where you're picking right now and the ability that you have to move up, you've got to walk out of this draft with either C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, one of the two. 
Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Anything else, I think, is a failure. And like I said, and I think just really kind of helps expedite the the uh, ouster of Chris Ballard uh, for sure. So that will do it for this edition of the Blue Horseshoe Pod. A lot of fun. Really do thank Dane again for joining us. Hope you enjoyed that interview. It was very informing. Again, Dane is one of the most knowledgeable, I would say the most knowledgeable draft analysts that you will kind of hear of uh, here from the next four months. So make sure you do read his work and make sure you check him out because he'll be loading up mock drafts and continue to kind of give his analysis. But I will say, Fan favorite, George, when you put Bryce Young number one, definitely uh, earns a soft spot in our, our hearts for sure. That is uh, that is for sure. So we appreciate Dan coming on here. And we will be back next week, as always. We'll definitely, I'm sure, have more head coaching updates. Colts continue to be tight-lipped, George. Right now, it's Raheem Morris is the only guy you're hearing about. No one else. Uh, should have a few more interviews next week. But Chris Ballard, give him credit. He said it in the end-of-the-year presser that they're going to take their time. And so far, we're sitting here on January 19th with really – even no inclination of decision coming close, he's truly taking his time and going through uh, each candidate one at a time. That's for sure. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, you know, I think part of that too, as you look at it, um, a lot of their candidates are, have interviewed with other teams, but you're not hearing that they're in danger of losing one of them right now. You've not heard that like, Oh, the favorite in Carolina is Ray Morris or, you know, the favorite in Denver is, 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 you know, maybe I guess Dan Quinn is probably pretty heavily in the mix there, but he's new to this Colts mix. So, um, I think that plays into it too. You know, right now you're not feeling like, oh, we might lose one of these guys to another team. That that helps you be patient. You know, I mean, let's be honest. Um, I, I do think you're going to see some movement next week. They should finish up this first round of interviews this weekend, and next week they some some real things coming together for this team because um, I I just think you'll start to see the second interviews come in there, and then they'll start to pare down this list and. And I think you'll, I, I, as we said before, I, I think you'll see someone in place by January 31st. We said the over under January 31st. We both said we'll have a head coach or the Colts have a head coach by then. Like I said, it's, we're getting close, but like I said, I think that I'm with you. I think next week we'll really kind of see uh, from all five teams, by the way, not just the Colts, all five teams kind of really start kicking a high gear and kind of zero in on the head coaching candidates they do want to hire. So I appreciate you tuning in for, to this edition of the Blue Horseshoe Pod. Make sure you download and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And we forget, Make sure you check us out on YouTube, Odyssey Sports. We'll be posting a lot more content. So forget to listen to us. If you want to look, to look at two strapping, handsome men talk about the Colts, YouTube is your place to go at the uh, at the Blue Horseshoe Pod tab on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. We're posting a lot more content there as well. So make sure you check us out there as well. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week right here in the Blue Horseshoe Pod.